Now more than ever, the industry that fuels the world needs the right people to modernize and unify a global energy platform. The transformation is both digital and cultural. Join us as we explore strategies for success in the hyper-competitive war for talent here on the Energy Workforce of Tomorrow podcast, hosted by the IBM North American Oil and Gas Team. So, a little bit of sponsors, Ericsson. As we're all aware, the oil and gas industry is digitizing rapidly. In addition to helping the industry reap the benefits of cost reductions, capture efficiencies for top-line revenue, achieve safety and environmental goals, digitization is enabling better and stronger connectivity. Ericsson provides best-in-class connectivity solutions for the oil and gas industry with its 4G and 5G private networks. Check out their site at www.ericsson.com forward slash oil and gas. I will put this in the notes of each one of the episodes. Thank you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Energy Workforce of Tomorrow, sponsored by Ericsson. My name is Jason Duff. I'm live today in Nape. You might hear some of the noises behind us. Just before we go into the uh, podcast today, a big thank you to Caterpillar and Nape, where deals happen for the podcast pavilion where the episode was recorded. Caterpillar Oil and Gas can help build the future of energy with more power and less harm. Bringing experts together to deliver the right outcome, we can configure, implement, and optimize the right power solutions that the world's demanding. Simply put, Caterpillar Oil and Gas has what tomorrow takes. So, hey, guys, welcome to NAEP 2023 Live. And I am joined by two people from Western Colorado University. Big up for big Western Colorado University. Woo! Woo! There you go. We'll come into it. So, guys, Ashley, Sam, Ashley, can you go first? Can you introduce yourself? Who are you and what are you? My name is Ashley Sokol. I am a sophomore at Western Colorado University, and I am in the energy management program. Our program, it can be offered as an emphasis or a minor. And right now, my major technically is business admin with an emphasis in energy management. And then I'm also getting a minor in public relations to kind of get all the aspects of the business world. So PR, this is going to help you in your public relations then, surely? 100%. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. A little media training. Yeah, a little media training. A little birdie tells me that your grandmother's English. So Sam's not going to understand me I word, but you will understand me somewhat. Oh, correct? 100%. I went to England. My grandmother's accent got like 12 times thicker. Had to, it was on the fly, on the fly. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome. Thank you. You can be, if I get confused with Sam, Ashley, you step in and make sure he understands. I'll just be the translator for there the podcast. There you go. Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. So Sam. Yes, sir. My name is Sam Pickus. I am from San Antonio, Texas, and I made my way up to Western Colorado, where I'm also a member of the business administration major with an emphasis in energy management. And I have a minor in uh, business law as well. Very cool. And out of San Antonio. Yes, sir. Alamo City. It's the a great home place. of the Alamo. I've been there. Fantastic place. Wonderful. Both of you, tell me more about Western Colorado University. Good, bad. Why did you go there? Ashley, you go first. Western's a great school. I mean, we're pretty small. We're in Gunnison, Colorado. Not a lot of people heard of it. I mean, when I was looking for colleges, I didn't even hear about it. I literally did a Google search of colleges in Colorado. Western Colorado University came up in Gunnison. My dad told me I was wrong. There's no school in Gunnison. Like, there's no way. Toward it, fell in love with the place. It's beautiful up there, small class sizes. I think our average for class sizes is about... 30 30 people. 30 people. Wow. 30 people. So we get really 
hands-on education. It's really great. And for the Scotsman that's never been to Colorado, I know you kicked me earlier before this, but where am I, if I'm geographically, is it north, southeast, west of Denver? Where do I point me in the right direction? It's west. Southwest. Southwest, southwest. yeah, southwest. About four okay. hours away. Right, that's me. I'm going to learn that tonight. That'll be my thing that I need to learn on that one. It's in a nice little valley in the middle of the mountains. And why did you choose it? Just that that gives you the right skills? or the... I wanted a small college. I went to a really big high school. My graduating class was 600 people. Wow. You didn't know everybody. It just wasn't very personable. I really wanted a small school. So when I toured Western and I found out that their average class size for like the gen eds was 30 people. And as you get as you progress in your degree, it's less and less and less. I thought, wow, that's just an amazing pick for me. It also helped being in the mountains. I grew up in a small town, moved to a big suburb, wanted to get back to a small mountain town life. So that's another Scottish sort of connection. I'm from a village and we all live in villages in Scotland. So generally, as I've gone around the world, I always look like a freak to my family going to these crazy places around the world. But I kind of get the idea of being in a smaller community. Same for you, Sam. Any differences? Yes, sir. So coming out of high school, my graduating class wasn't as big as hers. I've got family that's from Colorado, and then my brother went to Colorado School of Mines. I knew I wanted to go in Colorado, and we found the energy program through them. And I was kind of deciding between another school that is represented here and Western. Mm-hmm. One of the major draws for Western for me was the small class sizes. And once you get like further into your education, the class sizes get smaller and smaller. So right now, as a senior in my capstone class, there are seven students with four professors wow yeah wow focus that's fantastic before we go to nape do you guys expect to work in oil and gas is that what you would like to both go to yes sir yeah Yeah. i believe so so we'll come back to that one so let's talk about nape for a second we're here we're live we can see some of your colleagues etc and others what do you guys make of it did you come in yesterday was it just today you joined we came in yesterday we sat through some of the conferences yesterday learned a lot it was really interesting to just kind of sit in even if i didn't even know all the terminology it was just really interesting learning about a new idea like we sat in on a refract session oh the refract okay and it was really interesting just to learn about just in general it's a good learning experience it's a good place to make connections it's my yeah, first networking year as well it's a fantastic isn't it these exhibits really getting to understand you can go and ask anything and get mm-hmm. in deeper it's very cool yes sir nape is great and as she said it's very educational great to meet and everyone is very friendly and open for conversations and networking and it's a very fun exciting time good news so what's your expectation of, go back to your oil and gas, so you want to join the oil and gas industry. Yeah. What's your expectations? What type of roles do you think you want to go into? Do you have a view yet of where you'd like to go and have a look? I do have a view. I had my first summer internship last year. Nice. I did a little bit different from the rest of my classmates. I didn't go the land route and I really enjoyed it actually. I was a stakeholder relations intern at an oil and gas company in Denver It was great. I loved it. I was able to work in the oil and gas industry and learn about oil and gas, but I was able to do things that were interesting to me with community relations and ESG and government relations. Big thing that we need to do going forward, absolutely. And you, Sam? I think it's great. I'm going more of a land route. So it's like in our curriculum right now, we're learning a lot about like mineral leasing and surface leasing and kind of like obtaining the rights negotiations and such as that. I think it's an exciting thing to be involved with in the future. And I haven't had an internship yet. This summer is going to be my first one as a land intern. So I'm excited to get hands on 
learn everything, learn the ropes of the industry. So we can use this now. So go back to Ashley's PR stuff. Ashley, you and I could do some PR on this podcast to get them an internship. Oh, 100%. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Sam, I want some of your money after this. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. A question we had when we talked about this before we came on, a few of us stumbled into this industry and mid-50s people, I am that old, we stumbled into industry and there wasn't really much marketing, if we're honest. Well, what do you both think the industry needs to do? Do we need to do more marketing? Does it matter? Are your colleagues are asking you why oil and gas? Any views of that one, Ashley? 100%. I think it's kind of lost among a lot of young people. I mean, personally, I stumbled into it, mm -hmm. just happened to do it. Didn't even know it was a thing at Western. Stumbled into it because I wanted to do something different. And it's amazing and I fell in love with it, but I wish we would broadcast it more as an industry to younger people, even in high school, just broadcast it that there's not just the corporate section, but also the non-corporate section and the actual worker section. And hey, you don't have to get a college degree to work in the industry, but please, like there's this huge whole industry and it's really important. And did you get anyone going against you? Because worries that we have as big oil, dirt oil, what are you working in that industry? Have you ever felt that at all? Both of you or any views? I haven't felt that. Well, maybe I feel that more at the school just because, yeah, you know, not everybody thinks the same. Not yeah, everyone sure. has the same opinions. But like back home in San Antonio, everyone's very like pro oil and gas. They understand the importance of it. And I think the oil and gas industry needs to somehow relay the importance to the younger generation so they can understand how much it props our society on its feet. There's some fantastic projects out there. We were talking on a podcast two weeks ago, I think it was two or three weeks ago, where some of the programs, I'll give you an example, Ho Chi Minh in Vietnam, so Saigon as it used to be, it used to rely on hydropower. And in the dry season, guess what? Electric goes out. So BP, Statoil, I can't remember who the other venture partner was, Petro Vietnam, found gas 360 kilometers off. They piped it on, put it onto a terminal. Now, Ho Chi Minh runs full year without relying on hydropower. Those types of projects, I think, and there must be many, I was involved in that years ago. It's a fantastic story and we need to get that story out because we now can use digital skills that you guys will bring along. And that for me is how do we do an energy transition using the tools and data and automation we now have. That must be an exciting time to show these people what we've got and how we're going to do it. For me, that's what I think we need to do as an industry and we can't do it without the help of you guys coming in and showing it. It's not, you know, an old guy going another five years in the industry and going, I'd love to get you involved in some real, real heart-hitting projects that really mean something to the world and get it out there. 100%. I also think not just marketing it to young people, but marketing it to just everybody. Because even if a kid doesn't have parents or family in the industry, they never hear about it and they might not be super enticed by a marketing from it. But if their parents know about it and talk to them about it, I just think the industry needs more education just for everybody. Absolutely. That's one of the reasons why we do this podcast with Mark LeCure and Paige is really just get awareness out there of what we're doing. And when I met you guys today and saw so there's more and more, we need to put this out more and more and show the people there are opportunities, et cetera. Tell me, so you get a job. Clearly, post-COVID now, everyone's trying to push to go back to the office, but this hybrid model is in place. Is that important to you guys when you're looking at the industry and our job? It's not a make or break, but it's definitely nice. The company I worked at last summer, they did a hybrid model. So we were in Tuesday through Thursday and okay. then remote Mondays and Fridays. It was nice to a certain extent, 
The Zoom meetings weren't that great. I didn't really get much out of it. I always just felt bored and I felt like I was actually more productive in the office talking to people and doing work in the office than I was sitting at home at my desk doing Zoom calls all day. My sense is we need to get back to the office, but there is a sense of also hybrid works as long as you keep the productivity. I assume you guys also start in your careers. The more you do face-to-face and understand, the more you'll speed up your careers, the knowledge of the business, et cetera, and the roles. Yes, I feel that like having the hybrid, as she just said as well, it's not a make or break for me. And it's something that would be nice to have. But me going into having my first internship would be much more helpful for me to be in the office five days a week, learning from everybody, having coworkers, other interns around me, and we can help each other and communicate and such. And Zoom is... It works, but it's not like being in person face to face. No, it's funny. I'm a big, tall Scotsman and I talk with my arms and I want to express myself. It almost felt during COVID that I was going to the gym and doing my legs day. And I hate doing my leg day because you could only see me in this little screen on the, and I couldn't sort of express myself the way I wanted to. So we've learned new skills. We've definitely been able to do more than what I thought we could do. But I still think we do need to get back to office. A lot of us, including IBM, who I work for, are trying to get to a hybrid model where we're really trying to encourage people to come back to the office and do For me, it's the networking, and especially with our new staff and new joiners. It's very, very hard. You know, you may stumble into me, you may not, the five days, but hopefully we get back into that one. What about um, net zero? What does that mean to you guys? Is there anything, you know, that's bandied around a lot. I say that because, we, again, we did a podcast a couple of weeks ago and some of the uh, younger members really kind of understood it but didn't understand it. But what does net zero mean to you guys? Anything at all? It's very difficult to understand. I feel like everyone just says, oh, net zero is the goal, net zero is the goal. But no one actually talks about how we're going to be net zero and what being net zero actually entails and how that's going to affect our future. It's always just, oh, the goal's net zero and no education about it. I love you being as open as you are, Ashley, because my daughter said the same thing a couple of weeks ago. And we need to do something differently because I think the industry and what we're trying to do and trying to convince people is net zero, but it's almost a marketing campaign. People like yourself, Ashley, we're all asking how, because if you can't do how, who wants to buy into something that we can't achieve? And I see that. I definitely think we need to do two things is break it down and make it more bite-sized and chewable of what we want to do. Sam, are you the same? Any other views? I think it's very important to have net zero. But as we just said, there's many questions that need to be answered. How are we going to do it? How is our future going to change? And if we're getting rid of oil and gas, what are we going to replace it with? Because not everything has the same productivity. And there are cleaner options than what we got like coming up, like solar and wind or something cleaner than that. They want, let's say, some target goals at 2035, 2050 for net zero. How are you going to pull that off? So the same as me, I want to see an equation. I'm a bit of a math freak, but when it comes to it, I want to see how, not just put a number up and go yeehaw. I think that's a bit that we'll probably see more happening and we have to do it because we won't buy into it. In the next five, 10 years, it'll just become a marketing campaign of whether it's a country, whether it's a company or not, what are we really doing and what's the impact? 100%. And if we keep doing that, people are going to stop asking the question of how and why, and then it's just... What's the point of it anymore then? What about electric cars? There's something that I want you to jump in now. I don't have one. Again, I was asked the other day, when would I go to electric cars? For me personally, I think it's uh, when there's less worry that I can not drive less than 300 miles and stop at a station. And that worries me. And I just don't see myself buying an electric car for at least another 10 odd years. But any of your views? I think it's a new technology. I think 
that doesn't make it a bad technology. It's just very new. I think it takes a lot of time for it to get perfected. Right now, there's a lot of problems with it. But for some people, it's great. It'd be a little worrisome where we live because it gets down into negative 20 most of the months in the winter. So and I know that affects a lot of electric cars. So once those little kinks get worked out, I think they'll be great. But for now, it's just a really new technology. Yeah, it's a new technology that's growing. And in, I mean, they're fun to drive, but like... Have you driven one? I've I never have, driven one. Uh, you, you have? Yes, sir. It fast? Was, they're fast. The acceleration, ooh, it's smooth. But it's something that'll take time. You know, the infrastructure hasn't been developed yet. And they're trying to, let's say, California, they say no more sale of gas-powered vehicles by, what, 2035? I might be misquoting yep. that. But how? Like, yeah. there's so much rare earth minerals that need to be mined that causes so much pollution as well. So all the way through the supply chain, it's not as clean as we think. Well, yeah, you even look at that point. By 2035, all electric cars in California. So does that mean you just need to go to the borders of Texas and the others and just buy your oil? And I don't know. It just seems, again, a very strange thing. What's the most important criteria for your careers going forward? And people like yourself, what are you thinking about? Think about companies listening to you guys as new starters. What should we be thinking about to enhance and entice the right people to their companies? What's important? Hopefully you'll get this right because you've got a whole bunch of Western Colorado University students listening to this. So if you get it wrong, Ashley, you're going to get a lot of stuff tonight. I think I'm going to get kicked out of the program. (laughs) Don't do that. We'll look after Ashley. She's good. I think the most important thing is just the workplace in general. And like if there's a good community there, I mean, you could work at an amazing company, best company in the world. And if you're not working with good people that you enjoy spending your time with or working with, then what's the point? So culture. Definitely culture. Culture and people. Culture and people is a big part. I think culture and people, it's what makes a company. Companies aren't successful without the people who are actually working at them. And what about actually, Ashley, going, I did discussions with someone, again, some IBM new starters that we were talking about. It's not all about just us helping you guys. You need to also grab it. Is that a generation thing or is it just... No, you you definitely got to meet them halfway because they're going out of the way to do things for you. And so you need to do that Mm -hmm. at the bare minimum, meet them halfway. Ashley, sorry? Yeah, I mean, work ethic, that's a big factor. And it's a big problem with certain generations, like our younger generations. People don't get the kick in the butt when they need to, to have a good work ethic. My dad made sure I started working when I was 16 to make sure I got experience. I learned how to be around people and interact with people. Work ethic makes a person. I think my coaching to you guys, which I gave to some of the IBM associates that came in, is meet us halfway. You're absolutely right, Sam. It's take ownership. Don't wait for the new sort of joiners, etc. oil and gas. Just don't wait to be done. Roll out and meet the boats and sort of show who you are and what you are. I think that gets it off to a good start. And I think you two guys will definitely do that one well. Yeah, if you want something, go out and get it. 100%. Yeah, go get it. Don't wait in the uh, harbor for your boat. Row out and meet it is the uh, thing. Um, what's your last, final point then? Western Colorado University. So people listening to this, juniors thinking about going there. Any other sort of definitely go there, definitely don't do's? I say you should definitely go. Our professors who are there helping us, such as Veronica and Jessica, are great people. They go and do a lot of things for us that help us out a lot. And you're getting lots of love hearts from the girls. Yes. And that is something that I learned that I just talked about through them was meet them halfway. At first I wasn't doing that. And then I learned my lesson and it was a difficult process, but I, good for you. I made it work. I met him halfway and here we are. So that is, it's important. It really, really is important right through your career. 
you can't go in and ask and wait. I'm Scottish, so we're always a bit loud and ask what's going on. <laughs> there you go. But actually, it is really, really important because you just take that one step. You're way, way in front of others and you'll find the door just goes, you know, just will open up and do it. 100%. I think Western's an amazing place. I don't think I'd be the person I am today without the program and our directors. I mean, Veronica and Jessica, like Sam said, they're the best people you could ever meet. They help you through so much just with your personal development, your educational development, and your professional development. They push you. They don't push you too hard, but they push you a little past your limit just so you can learn and get experiences. And it's the most amazing thing ever. They put you out of your comfort zone, for example, volunteering me for this 100%. podcast, which I'm grateful for. And watching all you and sort of throwing love hearts, etc. <laughs> I wonder if they're drinking over there. Is it just water? Yeah, it's just water. It's just water. <laughs> we won't get into trouble now. So big shout to Western Colorado University. Thank you guys for joining. So lastly, Super Bowl. You're going to have to teach a Scotsman who is going to win in two weeks' time. Eagles. Eagles. Eagles 100%. Philadelphia Eagles. Why? I've been a Philly fan since I was a little kid. My dad's from the Philly area. My whole family's a Philly area. Philadelphia oh, oh, Eagles. Hold I'm on. Getting, you've lost. Actually, I know, you've lost some I know. people. I've, I've lost a little bit of support, but... Wow, a, look at a tough crowd, Ashley. My goodness, there's a few people going It's okay. Out. I'll wear it on my sleeve. I'm a Philly fan through and through, all year, every year. Okay. And Sam, why Phillies for you? I've got zero affiliation with the team, but I like their quarterback, Jalen Hurts. I watched him in college, and he beat the team that my – like, sorry. The school that my father went to, the OU where Jalen Hurts went, and Texas, their rivals. Jalen Hurts was an animal in college, so I'm excited to see him in the pros, and now he's in the Super Bowl. And the Chiefs have been there three out of the last four years. It's time to see them go. Okay, there you go. A Scotsman's just been told what's going to happen. I love this sport, but it's just uh, trying to learn and understand. But I'll take that back in. Okay, I'll back the Phillies. Who's your Premier League team? Oh, soccer? I support a team in Scotland called Dunfermline, which you'd never have heard of. It's probably Western Col- similar to Western Colorado University location, very small town. I would say I'd probably Man United. Man United? Yeah. United, that's what about team. you? Chelsea. Chelsea. Yeah, they've been on a big spinning spree recently. We're about to fight here. Sorry, Sam. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to throw you over the table. The other big thing, do you guys know about rugby? No, sir. Not professional, So we've got Scotland versus England on Saturday, which is a very, um, yeah. So now I think we're rivals. Now you and I would fight and I'd throw you over the table because definitely Scotland will win on Saturday. Well, that's rough. Yeah, we have a It's a little bit of a rough history. So, Ashley, Sam, thank you very, very much for joining me up here. I know it was a short sort of thing, and I really appreciate Western Colorado University. Pick it up to those guys. I think you've still got friends. No, I'm not sure. I think you're across with me. Yeah, so thank you, guys. Any thank last you. any points? Sir? No, that was great. Thank, thank you, you so much. Thank you for having us. Yeah, it's been Good a pleasure. News. I'll put your links onto the podcast so you guys can do it, and then we'll get it out. And then all those people that have been uh, chatting on some Western Colorado University, we can get a lot of likes on that one. All right, yes, sounds sir. good. So enjoy the rest thank of you. NAPE. Yes, thank sir, you as so well. Thank you. Too. So, guys, thank you very much. This is live from NAPE. This is Energy Workforce of Tomorrow. As we always said, we want to adapt, adopt, and improve this podcast. So, uh, yeah, speak to you guys next time. This is Jason Duff. I'm out. Join us again next week on the Energy Workforce of Tomorrow podcast, a production of the Oil & Gas Global Network. To learn more, go to OGGN.com. Energy Workforce of Tomorrow.